Welcome to the Heavenly Banquet, where the hungry are filled with good things. I'm Chad. And I'm Charlotte. Charlotte. Chad. We've been doing this for a whole year. Almost. more. It's more like nine months, but or ten okay. months. But, yeah. Well, personally, I would just like to thank both of our listeners. <laughs> They've been very good to us, haven't they? Yes. Love that. Oh, no, but I'm really pleased that we have a a crew of devoted listeners and a crew of readers and thank you that support you. is really kind and it means a lot to me and i'm especially thankful for those of you who have been able to become paid subscribers um, you've made it so that we've been able to host and produce and use the tools that we need to get these episodes done uh, without us paying for those expenses. So thank you. And thank you on behalf of everyone that this has been able to reach because of your support. So thank you. Yes, thank you very, very much. Chad, as we close this year out, you know what everybody is doing is like a best of show. Oh. Now, we're not going to do a fancy clip show because my producer is off the clock this week. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought what we do, I'm not really sure what metrics we should use to figure out like what was best. Because maybe people listen to some of these episodes a lot because they were mad at them. Um, <laughs> but I've, I've got the stats for our most listened to episodes. And I mm -hmm. thought we'd do kind of a countdown starting with like number five. And we just kind of reflect or see what comes up. Cause we're also at the point listeners, our dear listeners, where we're trying to think about what we want to do during this upcoming year, what topics we want to go with and formats and things. And so do a little reflecting on that too, maybe. But also, like, let us know. Let yes, us know please. if there's something you want covered or some questions you have. We'll talk about it. You can do that work for us. We love it. <laughs> okay, coming in at number five this year. Is it an episode that was released on June 15th? Mm -hmm. It was called Faith and Doubt, Faith or Doubt. And what did we talk about then? Well, I listened to this episode again this morning, so I can tell you. <laughs> oh, that's Which good. Is, it's an episode that you uh, primarily kind of researched and ordered in which mm -hmm. you wanted to explore the concepts of faith and doubt to make the case that, first of all, they're not in any way exclusive to one another, that... We can't make those kinds of claims on one another that, you know, if you have faith, you don't have doubt. If you have doubt, you couldn't have mm -hmm. faith, you know, that those kinds of lines. Um, and we talked yeah. about Thomas for a good portion. Doubting Thomas. Mm -hmm. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. Because he gets a bad rap. I know. He's the only one of them who said, let's go die with him. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's the other Thomas story. <laughs> Right. And then what do we call him? He's just doubting Thomas. Um, doubting Thomas. Yeah. yeah. You know, doubt is a part of faith. I don't, I, 
I don't think, well, because faith is not the same thing as certainty. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter how much you learn about the faith or how great today went. Every morning, you still got to get up and trust God and go forward, not knowing what's going to happen. You know, it allows us, I think, to go forward meaningfully and go forward with hope. Um, but, you know, as I've said probably too many times, in many ways, God is hidden in this world. Um, and so that's why faith is necessary. Uh, you know, if if God and the gospel of Jesus Christ were obvious, then everybody would have faith and it wouldn't be an issue. But, you know, for whatever reason, God has decided that this is how things are going to be and we have to trust and be committed. Uh, again, no matter how much we learn or how much we know or anything, it's still a daily walk. Mm-hmm. You know, life can be hard. I don't know. I, I really don't like it when people treat those who are struggling with doubts as if something's wrong with them, because that's just not the case. Yeah, I think this might have been a popular episode because that's the context in which a lot of people have found themselves is belittled in some way for having doubts or having periods where they're, they may not have even called it doubt, but where their faith didn't seem as firm to them. And that in those moments of vulnerability, somebody decided to abuse them on top of it, you know, by saying there was something wrong Mm. with them instead of believing on their behalf. Uh, instead of walking with them staying with them i'll continue i'll continue to pray i know you're somewhere else right now i'll do i'll do that work i'll take it up right right now for you um how can i help not (laughs) let me pile on right now this you mean this terrible thing is causing you to have some doubts wonderful let me also yell at you about it and see if that helps yeah instead of being present for them when the presence of God doesn't seem quite as clear as mm-hmm. one might hope for. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next on the countdown, number four was concerning that Richard Rohr meme. This came out uh, on September 27th. And this, I think, in some ways, probably had a lot of overlap in the audience or people who probably appreciated this because that Richard Rohr meme, as you recall, went like this. It was a quote from one of his newsletters. We worshipped Jesus instead of following him on his same path. We made Jesus into a mere religion instead of a journey toward union with God and everything else. The shift made us into a religion of, quote, belonging and believing, unquote, instead of a religion of transformation. So we took some time in this episode to kind of break down the dichotomies that are set up here, particularly around the idea of Mm -hmm. religion or believing or union. You know, I think admitting, too, that I think a lot of Richard Rohr's work is really or primarily addressed to those people who are leaving evangelicalism and other abusive forms of Christianity and and trying to find something something new and good there and that's not that's not my context so a lot of 
mm-hmm. a lot of his stuff seems I'm glad that it's helping folks, but it seems mm-hmm. almost nonsensical to me in some ways because these things aren't at odds with one yeah. another in my experience. God bless Richard Rohr because, you know, from what I can tell, he has helped a lot of people oh, that yeah. are quote unquote deconstructing uh, their experience of religion, usually growing up in the church. And he stepped back. Uh, he's basically retired. Um, but yeah, wow. He's really, I think, has really helped a lot of people. Now, I can't remember. I had some issues, not with the meme itself, but with how people were interpreting it. And I think one thing we were talking about was, you know, it felt like people were, when it came to the Christian faith, were in some instances throwing out the banana and eating the peel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Understandably. Um, but it just breaks my heart that um, the church has not done better. Um, but maybe we'll start. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I definitely don't want to continue that legacy myself. Right. Yeah. No, all of these things, whether they're useful to me personally in my own in my own personal faith whether those things are useful to me there are they are useful reminders of the ways that my faith has been used to abuse other people and useful flag posts of of traps not to fall into you know yeah such a thing as spiritual abuse yeah yeah number three <laughs> on the countdown. Uh, this was published on se- on September 11th, uh, 2022. And it's called The Older Responsible Son. That and was a sermon, wasn't it? It was. It was a sermon on the parable that's often referred to as the prodigal son. And is a sermon you actually heard me preach live in a church, yeah. which yeah. was weird. And awkward. Yeah, because that doesn't happen. I know, right? It's never happened before. I've never heard you preach. (laughs) No? Yeah, you have. Well, I mean, on the video sermons and things. It's weird when your best buddies are sitting in the congregation. Especially when they are just far enough away that you can see them, but not quite (laughs) the face that they're making. (laughs) (laughs) And you want to wonder the whole time, like, is Chad with me or not? <laughs> I was with you. Is he concentrating? Yeah. Is because he's being thoughtful, or is he like, oh, oh no? <laughs> well, I remember you were you had. I can't remember the exact phrase, but you were riffing using that phrase, and I always enjoy. It. I remember it being good, although you're gonna have to remind me of the content again. Like you said, it was on that parable, but it was sort of focusing on or trying to place that parable back within the context of the preceding parables about the lost sheep and the lost coin and Mm -hmm. the pattern that occurs there of something's lost and then it's found and then there's a party and everything's fine. Um, And that this one ends in a way where things are still not fine. Something's lost, something's found, there's a party, but I argue that the the prodigal son is never actually lost. 
Uh, the family mm-hmm. seems to know exactly what he's up to and where he is and even waiting for him to looking for him even maybe uh, as he journeys mm-hmm. back. And that the one who maybe was lost or needed the most attention is the older son who is it's just sort of expected that he'll do the right thing. And he does and stays around and he ends up kind of bitter and resentful in the end. Um Kind of yeah. turning that into maybe a call to look around with who aren't we really connected with or who's lost from us or who's who aren't we engaged with and why, you know, that we maybe take the people closest to us for granted sometimes. Mm, nice. And, you know, people talk about, oh, we want folks to come to church, but boy, when they start coming and it ain't quite what you expected, people can get pretty ornery about that. Yes, I do know that. (laughs) (laughs) I am familiar with that. Okay, number two is an episode that was published on June 1st, and it's a question. Will there be animals in heaven? Oh, yeah. People love that because the answer was yes. Because <laughs> the answer was yes. Yeah. I remember saying some ridiculous things towards the end of that, but I can't remember what it was now. Something about Jesus coming back on the horse, I think. You did say that. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, the one moment I'm gonna gonna be I, tied to a very literal interpretation of it. Yes. <laughs> I think you decided you'd like to volunteer that there must be animals in heaven so that Jesus could ride that horse into the battlefield at Armageddon. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and you're right. You did go for a very literal reading of Revelation at that point. It was it was shocking, quite frankly. Maybe the shock of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I think right up there with the only the only recorded uh disagreement that we have was over zucchini, I think. Oh, that's right. You don't like zucchini. <laughs> so, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, this podcast has not been without controversy. <laughs> yeah, that was a big one. Drama. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, those sweet animals to be in heaven. What's wrong with you? I think I'm not, I'm in no way surprised to see that up there. I think those are the kinds of things that actual people worry and wonder about. Yeah. It's not well, the three, like the hierarchies of angels and stuff like this. It's how how am i or am i not connected what does this faith have to say about the things and the people that i love and that are important to me well and there's just this long tradition in christianity to treat animals like not only you know not only will they not be there in in heaven but uh they don't reason they don't and anybody who's had a pet and knows the love of a pet knows that's absurd yeah so hopefully our attitude towards animals is beginning to change some in spite of ourselves even well the same jesus that we celebrate at christmas time and 
is Lord of our lives, made all these little creatures. So they're important to the God of all creation. They should be, have some importance to us. Yeah. Although we did kind of stumble over some creatures. I'm not a fan of mosquitoes. I will stick by that. (laughs) I don't, I'm not sure how they fit in God's plan. I would love to know. That's in my probably top questions. (laughs) They all end up in Alaska and half of them are there anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Number one. And this is number one by almost, almost twice as many downloads as number two. Wow. It's an episode that was published on February 7th. Technically, before we began, began, we were telling everyone we were going to start on Ash Wednesday, which we did. Mm-hmm. We floated a couple things to see, you know, how she flies and to get some things to prime the feed, as it were. And mm-hmm. so the, the episode proper, I had put a a sermon episode in on January 30th, and then we recorded this. And this episode is called... What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. (laughs) Yeah. I guess that's still available, huh? Yeah. Wow. It's also one of our longer episodes, but you were at that time really engaged in revisiting a manuscript you were working on, on reflections on love. And a lot of the content of that episode come straight out of that where you had your notes and pieces of those um, reflections in front of you. So when is that book going to be done? (laughs) Well, the manuscript's basically done. I'm working on the book proposal and I'm hoping in a couple months to start sending it out and waiting for rejections. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) what a time that will be. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be great. So what is the idea of that episode? So the basic idea is is that. So we were, it was, so it's around Valentine's Day. That was part Ah, of the impetus there was to contrast what Christian love is, what the idea of love is in the tradition and in scripture, as opposed Mm -hmm. to the romantic notions or feelings of love or Mm -hmm. the difference between love and like, you know, but actually talking about justice and restoration and pursuing the good as a pursuing the good yeah. as a definition of love which is shows up a number of places throughout the tradition and, and well and goes back to plato but probably i think that's a legitimate but we don't have to go there but yeah this idea that when we love someone we desire their good um and that really doesn't fluctuate, even though our feelings towards them might, you know, we might get frustrated, we might be sad, it doesn't, but if we love them, we want their good. And I think, especially when it comes to Christian love, we actively actively seek the good of others as far as we are able, not in a way that is um, manipulative or paternalistic, in a way that recognizes their agency. Um, but, you know, we are called to love our neighbors as ourselves. We naturally seek our own good, <clears throat> even if we get it wrong. 
And Jesus, in my mind, Jesus is simply saying, okay, extend that to other people too. Just as you naturally want your own good and seek your own good, extend that to other people. Um, which is not a hard concept to grasp, I don't think. It's not always easy to do. Wow. So I wonder if maybe that's gotten so many hits just because it's been there the longest. <laughs> it's hard to tell without more extensive metrics that we just don't have yeah. available to us right now. And without more feedback from people listening too. And so what else yeah. do they want to hear? Was there an episode that you thought you would have liked for more people to have listened to? I like the series we did on the afterlife mm-hmm. just because I think the traditional doctrine of hell is untenable and harmful. And I think it would be great for people to listen to those and understand that when the church started out, there were there wasn't just one set doctrine of the afterlife. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, and there were there's another way of looking at it that got discarded in my mind because the church became an institution and wanted to secure its power. Not, not, not as a conspiracy, but it just worked better. This idea that if you don't join the church, you're going to suffer eternal torment. Yeah. Um, but according to the tradition, you know, Gregory of Nyssa origin, there's a number of people that held a very different view of much more, that when you realize it, it, it um, what am I trying to say? It's much more um, coherent with the notion of God who is love and mercy. Um, it doesn't abandon the idea that you can't just waltz into the presence of God and, and have no love and be you know a hateful, mean person. That's not going to work out well. But God does not give up on us. And I think that's... That's the good news anyways, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those... Let me cut you off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, those those three episodes are all in July of this year. So July 13th, what happens when we die? What is hell? And what is heaven like? But yeah, that those were enjoyable topics to talk about for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had one episode that was like our lowest listened to episode that I thought was really sweet and could have been helpful <laughs> to people or that was the intention. And it's one that we released the first week of November and it's called Talking Theology with a Friend. Oh, yeah. In which we talk about how we approach conversations and how and trying to invite people into having similar conversations and making time to just talk through some of these topics Mm -hmm. with somebody else. I would have liked more engagement with that, but I get that it doesn't answer any, it's more practical (laughs) than trying to answer anyone's burning theological questions. Then on the other, you know, on the other side, I've enjoyed the episodes where we've kind of ranked like atonement theories or, uh, oh, theories yeah. of inspiration in the Bible and things like that too, because I think some of those have helped me as well, like try to solidify my faith as far as or my opinions mm. on some of those things around, like yeah, that really does ring good for me. And oh, now I can really put a finger on what's been bothering me about mm. you know such and such. Yeah, so, the atonement theory one was great. I thought, mm-hmm. and I like the five point of Calvinist 
Calvinism. <laughs> yeah, where we both decided if we if we redefined all the words, we could still be five point <laughs> Calvinists. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, it's been quite a journey, and I have enjoyed it. I've enjoyed probably mostly just the fact that most of the most of the year. We had uh, regular appointments on our calendar to sit and talk about something that mattered to us. And that was really refreshing to me to actually make time to do that and get outside of everything else going on. And in a way, and not, I don't see that as escapism either. It's sort of, it's a way to touch Mm -hmm. base again with what's really real and that has been an important kind of lifeline to me through this year. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate everybody uh, who's listened and supported us and engaged this journey with us. And I hope you'll stick with us and let us know what else we can do for you in the coming year. Yes. Thank you.